You're listening to Titan Internet Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the library basement of California State University Fullerton. Chipotle check, check, Chimichanga, Tabasco from Chipotle. The views and opinions expressed in this program don't express the views of Titan Radio, Titan Communications, CSUF, or any of its affiliates. I mean, you can say what you want, be yourself, but just don't be it. Titan Radio would like to thank Golden Voice for its continuous support. Check out goldenvoice.com for a full list of events. If you're interested in sponsorship opportunities for Titan Radio, contact titanradio-gm at fullerton.edu or call 657-278-5505. Titan Radio. Titan Radio. Titan Radio. Titan Radio. Titan Hey everyone, it's Selwa. Hi guys, it's Laiba. We are two college friends and your hosts on Couple of Buds Ready to Bloom. This podcast is where we have unfiltered conversations about our cultural and religious upbringings, how it has shaped us, and lessons we've learned along the way. Follow our Instagram at Couple of Buds Ready to Bloom for weekly updates and more information about how you can participate in our episodes. So this week, we're talking about our personal religious journeys like where we've been, where we're at, where we're heading in terms of our religion, and honestly, how we grew up and what our households were like. Yep, we'll be talking about our religious aspirations and the goals that we have been working on, we've achieved, and the ones that we're still improving on. So Mm -hmm. let's start off with how we both grew up. Sasawa, how was Islam implemented in your household while you were growing up? Yeah, Well, I grew up in a really religious household. My family, uh, we went to Islamic school. So from preschool to like third grade, I was in Islamic school. I was surrounded by Muslim friends, Muslim people all the time. Um, And I had a really great time. I went to the masjid a lot. I went to Quran classes and different times, different different sheikhs, different Quran classes. So I was surrounded by religion a lot and it's how I grew up. I grew up pretty religious um, and religion was very, very big. So we had, I don't know what, like our Eid celebrations were huge. Everything was amazing. What was was Eid like and what was growing up uh, Muslim like you, Laiba? So for me, I had, I was the only family, my only family in America was my parents. I am the oldest daughter in my household. So when I was born, it was just me and my parents. We had a lot of Muslim people in our apartment complex. 
But honestly, I didn't, I attended public school. So for me, Islam was something I kind of had to learn on my own with my mom, who was the one that really taught me growing up, um, you know, the Quran um, and reading Arabic, which I had so much like struggles with learning and reading Arabic. And so my mom kind of gave up. And so I started reading Quran in English. She said, okay, you know what, right now start with English And once you feel comfortable and ready to read Arabic, we'll start that. And so recently, you know, being able to read the Quran in Arabic is obviously a different, a whole nother aspect to Islam. So it's been really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, Eid growing up was kind of plain. We would go in the mornings, get up early and go to the convention center where a lot of masjids and mosques um, got together and planned um, in Eid prayer. Um, And after prayer, I'd go to like Walmart or Target and I'd get to pick out like a toy for myself. We'd go out to eat at night. So it was pretty plain. Obviously we'd called everyone back in Pakistan Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, had our Eid greetings and conversations. Um, And I remember like hating dressing up on I hated dresses I could not but now now I embrace it I've totally flipped Mm -hmm. so yeah Islam for me growing up was I feel like completely different than you because I know you went to an Islamic school I went to public school Mm -hmm. um, and I remember it was like second grade I gave a presentation on Eid to my class and everybody was so confused really (laughs) yeah so you know it's interesting how how our different environments really do impact our upbringing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Did you did you ever go to like a weekend school? You know, I growing up in my apartment complex, I didn't attend the mosque often. I'd go to maybe Friday Jummah prayers every so often, Eid obviously, Ramadan not really. Um, everything, all my Islam upbringing was at home. Um, and not even like extended family, just my mom and dad, really. And uh, after I moved to my now house, we started attending the mosque near my house. And that was, I would say, kind of the catalyst or game changer to how I viewed Islam. Islam for me was kind of like a side thing. I just knew I was Muslim kind of thing. But I didn't really know what I was, you know, and so I started attending Sunday school through that mosque and I learned so much um, and really kind of found my way and my love for Islam compared to like how it was before. And so, you know, Ramadan was so much fun, um, actually being involved in the masjid with our, you know, um, iftars and prayers. And then Sunday school itself was a whole different avenue to explore you know learning about the different prophets Mm -hmm. um the different books that I I didn't even know we believed in the bible as well Mm -hmm. so you know learning about and in comparing it to what I had known before completely different and there were so many people that were so understanding even though I was on the older side I would say I was in middle school when I really learned about Islam and really knew the knowledge behind it Um, Everybody was super understanding and really helped me learn. And for that, I will forever be grateful. How about for you? Tell me about yourself. (laughs) Yeah, well, like I said, I went to private Islamic school since I was young. Like my 
my mom was like pretty involved in the community. She would teach me Arabic before I even started school. <laughs> and so like, it was totally different. And throughout Islamic school, we you know we learned Islamic studies, Arabic, Quran, and that, and alongside of Islamic school, I was also doing Quran classes. So I was oh, wow. like memorizing at the same time. And it was, it was a lot, but it, it really built that foundation for me. And I'm forever grateful for that. And I feel like I took it for granted, um, you know, like seeing how like other people have grown up in different environments. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'm super grateful for that. And it, it built that foundation for me where I know where I come from and like whatever, like I know I can fall back onto that, you know? Yeah. And I switched to public school in fourth grade. That was my first time. It was so, oh my gosh. It was completely different environment. It was so hard, like getting assimilated. I felt so naive, so naive. And I was wearing hijab at public school. So it was totally different. Um, but I actually enjoyed it. And, you know, I've just had people question like, oh, what is that on your head? Or like, what? yeah like what is that like because I was the only hijabi at at the school that's crazy (laughs) yeah and it's a predominantly like white and Asian city I I lived in Irvine and went to public school there so it was an experience but that also you know like toughened me up a little bit (laughs) and really made me um take an interest in what my religious background was because like I said I it, I was so used to it that being in an environment that was not Islamic was like whoa like I really need to know my stuff you know I, I when I switched to public school I went for like two years and then when I moved to Texas I went to Islamic school again for a year and I feel that was the time that I was the most religious like I don't even know why, but I was the most religious then. Like when my sister and I, our school was inside of the mosque of the masjid. Um, so we would go in early, we would pray, and then we had classes and we would have Jum'a prayers too. Like, so every Friday we would all come out of class and pray like with the general public. And then like, I, I think we'd leave early or go back to class. I'm not sure what, but I feel like that was when I was most aware and it definitely helped when I was surrounded by Muslims all the time. Um, Cause I feel like that, you know, it kind of like rubs off on each other. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The environment that you grew up with in and the environment that sticks around and the company that you hold always will have an impact. Um, I, I, as I mentioned before, I went to public school. I was actually bullied a lot <laughs> throughout elementary school. It was not fun times and even middle school. Um, and I think it was just because I was one of a kind. I don't think there are, there were not, you know, other Pakistani people at my school. Um, and so I have to say joining Sunday school and middle school in the midst of my public school horrors <laughs> It was, it was, again, it was a catalyst. It was a game changing thing because I, you know, 
was surrounded by Muslim friends in Sunday school. And I made those friends that are now have stuck with me and we're all, you know, in universities. So we started off in middle school together. We little, you know, little peas in a pod. And now we've grown up and seen how we've all, you know, grown and taken our separate ways. So it's really nice having Muslim friends that I know I can go to and that they can relate to what I'm going through. Um, And again, the company that you hold, the people that, you surround yourself with will 100% change your outlook on life, your religion, any thoughts that you have. And I mean, another thing I forgot to mention is, you know, I said at the beginning, I didn't have family in America besides my parents when I was born. But, you know, I had my siblings came along. And then when we moved to this new house, um, my dad's brother's families started to move. So they, you know, one by one, each brother moved to America. I now have two in Texas and one of the families here in California. So having family here changed how I celebrated Eve and it changed how I celebrated Ramadan because now I had, we had family to celebrate it. Um, So Eids now were, hey, are we, are we doing Eid mornings at whose house after prayer? Whose house are we doing Eid dinner at, you know? So figuring that out it's it's so much more getting gifts because I you know we didn't really know that many people um outside of our family circle and when we started getting more involved in our new mosque it was you know we started meeting more people getting invited to Eid um, parties and Eid gatherings obviously not during COVID but before COVID times um being involved throughout Ramadan on Saturdays volunteering um, for school service hours, but also just to be in good company. Um, so being able to have family here, have friends that are Muslim and can relate, it, you know, it really helped me feel better about who I was and where I am yeah. in life and where, what Islam means to me personally. It's definitely, definitely the biggest blessing. Um, I've also had family here. I've grown up, I was lucky enough to grow up with cousins that are basically like siblings to me. And we've spent Eid together. Um, and, you know, we've always had so much fun and like Eid breakfasts, gifts. Really, like the community you surround yourself with and the family that you have around you is huge, 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 huge. And helping you with your identity and religious background. I have to say, I'm just going to say, Eid breakfast always hits different. Eid mornings always hit different. I don't know how it is for you, but it's a different feeling in the air. (laughs) Hello, Titans. Remember to keep an eye on your campus email for new information regarding the coronavirus. You can also find an archive of updates at coronavirus.fullerton.edu. So, Silva, I know you went to a religious Islamic school for a while and then switched over to public and back and I went to public school and so and but I had people to teach me Islam and you had people to teach you Islam growing up but what was the point in your life or like when did you start learning Islam personally like being more reflective um, having a closer Mm -hmm. connection to God stuff like that yeah 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 Uh, there was a time specifically where I felt so so 
bad and miserable. Like my life circumstances were not good. And I felt like I was in this, I was stuck in like a cycle of sin, like for a really long time. And I had no idea how to get out or what to do. And so like, especially like within myself, I felt horrible. So I decided like, I'm tired of feeling guilty and not doing anything about it. So I'm like, you know what, I need to repent and start repenting. So I would, I would repent. And then I'm like, it's no use if I keep doing the same thing over and over again and not changing, you know, not changing my actions. So that was when I was like, you know what? I need to keep Allah's presence constant in my life. Like I need to remind myself of his presence so I don't, you know, like veer off the, the right track, you know? And so that's when I really started looking into Islam more. And like my mom, she signed me up for um, classes and I would attend some classes with my sister as well. And there was this beautiful example from one of the classes that I remember. Um, it was in regards to like Allah's mercy and people sinning. He was like, he asked the audience, if you, if you know that like your significant other cheated on you, but they apologize, would you accept it? And of course, everyone's like, no way, like they're done, right? They're done. We're have nothing to do with this person ever again. Cut them out. But then exactly, like, I don't want that toxic person in my life. But then he was like, Allah knows that he knows what you're doing and he knows that you're gonna sin again even if you apologize, he's like, he knows you're going to keep sinning and he keeps forgiving you every time. And that really, really hit home to me. I was like, wow, like, I can't just stop repenting because I feel like I'm going to, because I know I'm going to sin again. Like it's natural to sin. So I feel like once I realized like how merciful Allah's hand out is, it really, really helped me. And I started to look more into Islam on a personal level. And, um, you know, like I said, I've attended like a couple classes. I started watching lectures more. I started unfollowing people on Instagram. <laughs> that <laughs> That's the true form of yeah. letting go of people that are affecting your yeah. life negatively. Mm -hmm. For sure. And Definitely. And I was like, I want to surround myself by people, even on Instagram, on social media, I want to surround myself with people that I know would bring a positive effect in my life, you know, and, and when I got accepted to Fullerton, that was the first thing I looked for was an MSA. I was like, where are my people at? Because I wanted to, you know, surround myself with those positive people and, you know, have tight knit friend group you know, of Muslims that I know will encourage each other, hold each other accountable. So I really, really look forward to that. And now we're here. <laughs> yep, here we are. Here we are recording a podcast together. And I would, you know what, I had the same situation, same kind of cycle mm -hmm. of sin that I was going through. And I really did not know how to get out of it, who to, who to go mm -hmm. to. So yeah. I started praying the Hajjud prayer, getting up in the middle of the night, I'm always awake late anyways and praying before mm -hmm. I go to sleep and really talking and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, what do I do in this situation? I have no idea. You need to help me. You need to guide me. Somehow get me there. 
keep me on the right path because that's where I want to stay. And, you know, the reason I was able to do that is because, again, I was attending weekly halakas um, through my mosque, you know, people in my mosque that do halakas. And it, it's just a good reminder every week, a good refresher, you know, who we are, why Islam is so pro- prominent in our lives and what we need to do to keep it that way. And so, you know, being able, I knew what to do because I had been going to these halakas. I had been really, I don't know how to put this, but like, it was just a way to keep it constant. Every week going to a halakha was a way to keep that presence and that importance of Islam constant. Um, even though I'm busy, you know, after college started classes, everything starts to pile up. But that was my kind of one to two hour escape and conversation that I had with girls of my age um, and how we're going through similar situations. So yeah, it, you know, the Hajjat prayer helped me get to where I am. There was somehow I found the right path. Um, again, first thing, MSA at Discover Fest yeah. at Cal State Fullerton was, I was like, I need to find the MSA table. And that's what I did. Signed up, attended my first meeting, met so many new people. And you know what? Now Salwa and I are on board with a bunch of other amazing people, other amazing Muslims that, you know, and it's great because we all help each other out in any way possible. Yeah, I'm so grateful to be on board and to be involved in MSA and for all the amazing, amazing Muslim friends we've made and people we've met. Really, really a blessing. 100%. And it's great because now we have, you know, a WhatsApp girls group chat. So if girls, and we have a guys one too, <laughs> obviously, so when are in the girls one, um, but it's just a way for us to connect with each other. Uh, check up on each other if we have questions about school college uh, classes you know that's the group chat to go to if anybody needs any financial assistance that's the group chat to go to we also have our main group chat as well Mm -hmm. and you know we find that all the girls there they send reminders about other halakas that they're involved in and classes that they encourage everyone to sign up for so it's really a really welcoming environment. And, um, you know, also personally, something that I've noticed helped me, that helps me um, keep Allah Shantan's presence constant in my life because um, I'm like, how, like, how do I keep remembering him, you know? Because it's so easy to go through day-to-day life and not think about God. Like, it's so easy because we're so, we're involved in so many things, right? And so, and I saw this, I think I saw this in a TikTok, but it really helped (laughs) where um, they said, just have regular conversations with Allah. Just like, just talk like, like, like he's right in front of you or something. Like just speak. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to put your hands up like a dua or anything. Just say whatever's on your mind. And that really helped and really made me feel more comfortable with, um, you know, I feel with expressing my wants because I've realized, especially like the power of dua, like there's so much, you could ask for anything. And I realized I don't take advantage of this because I'm only asking for things that I see in front of me or things that are not, um, like essentially, I guess I don't dream big in terms of dua. (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> like I don't ask for like, I don't, I don't even know, but, um, but it really helped me with realizing that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala can do anything. He has the power to do anything, and His mercy is so so comforting and really endless, open for everyone. And I think that's been a really, really um, big deal to me. So that's, that's, that's helped me a lot recently. Yeah, for sure. Even with our five prayers daily, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we're guilty of being in a rush, whether it's we're at school or, you know, we're in between Zoom calls now because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of forget to sit and reflect after prayer. And that's something that I've really tried to do especially since quarantine started is I have more time to myself so it's more time to sit and reflect and I always think it's better to reflect positively and yeah reflect on your negative stuff too obviously we all have negative stuff going on in our lives it's tough times out there but mm-hmm. asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help through those negative times you know get me out of this situation somehow um and I have to say after Isha it's your prayer, you know, I've done all my homework or, you know, it's after dinner and I'm just sitting kind of relaxing, reflecting on my day. It's your prayer is when I really um, sit and, and talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it really helps. It's like I'm ranting to someone without being interrupted. It's, it's amazing. I can just go on and on about it and I don't have to, I don't feel like I, I don't feel bad for burdening someone with my issues. Um, because I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always listening. He knows what's in your heart and what's in your mind, even when you don't know it. So I think that's just what's so amazing. It's like, it's mind blowing. You know, you think about it, you're like, and it's crazy. But yeah, definitely um, talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if he's your best friend, and he is, um, helps. 100% recommend it to anyone who is out there. Yeah, so try it. Try it right now. Try it right now if you want. <laughs> but do it definitely definitely recommend it to everyone out there that's for sure so we're all constantly improving and working on um staying on the right path or getting closer to Allah somehow what are some things that you're working on or trying to improve on um I mean, Ramadan is what, two months away? It's getting closer. It's <laughs> getting creeping up on us, guys. It's already been almost a year. Crazy. But yeah, so what are what are some things that you're working on personally? Personally, I'm still I'm still trying to get my prayers straight. Honestly. Like on the real. Like it's been such a struggle. And I haven't it's been something that I've been struggling with for years. I joined a Fedger motivational group on WhatsApp. So we all encourage each other to wake up for Fedger and we check in with each other at that time. And it's been really, really helpful. And honestly, it's something that, that like I've struggled with prayer for years and I'm realizing like, it just hit me like a few days ago that we're really not guaranteed a tomorrow. So what am I doing? Like, why am I not praying, you know? So I was like, I, and that's the bare minimum. I'm like, I need to do that. Like I do everything else, but that was the thing that hit me the hardest that I struggle with the most. 
So I'm like, okay, even if it's one prayer at a time, I'm going to do it. So it's something that I'm hoping to improve and I'm working on. Um, and what about you, Liba? What are you improving on right now? Same here. Um, prayers, I have to say, since COVID started and we've been at home all the time, it's my prayers have improved a lot. And I'm, some, you know, it's something that I'm still working on, but I'm happy that I was able to get that opportunity to improve. Um, one of the things that I really, again, I told you, I read the Quran in English growing up so I could understand it. And Arabic for me has always been, I've had multiple attempts trying to read it. And yes, I've gotten judged for it. It's fine. Um, it doesn't really affect me if others judge me or not. That's on them. But besides the point, <laughs> um, I've, you know, attempted to read Arabic so many times, but I don't know, maybe it was the method that I was trying to go for. I, I just, it was really hard for me to grasp. But recently, you know, we've, I've have um, the old imam of my local masjid, we got in contact with him. And so now he's the one that has taught me to read Quran and in Arabic. And so that was something that I had always aspired to do. Obviously, we get so busy in life. I'm like, oh, I'll learn it on my own. I'll do it on my own, you know. But I was like, no, I, I can't. I can't do that. I need someone to teach me properly. Um, and so that was something that I'm still improving and working on. But it was something that I had been wanting to start working on for a while. Um, so reading the Quran in Arabic, on Juma, reading Quran, of the Surah Mulk, um, and uh, what's the other Surah? Yeah, Surika. Surika. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you learn new things every day. Um, and that was just something that I learned. And I really, I actually really enjoy it. I look forward to my daily practices. Really wow. fun. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Best of luck. Thank Here you. Yeah. And it was definitely difficult. You know, I had family. I had friends, other people that were like, you know, it's not valid. Why are you reading the Quran in English? The proper way to read it is in Arabic. Um, and so I went through a lot of judgment for it. And I always was like, I want to be able to understand what I'm reading. I think it's mm -hmm. better that since I'm having difficulty learning Arabic, that I at least read it in English so I can understand and, you know, read it. Not like, oh, I can't read Arabic. I can't read the Quran. No. I want to be able to read it and understand it as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, finish the Quran in English and um, still read it in English. But now I, you know, I've added Arabic to it, which is something that I had, I know, I told people, I was like, I will one day, inshallah, I will learn Arabic. Um, and, you know, my, my grandmother was also a pushing factor where she was like, I went to Texas over the summer and she was like, you know, this is something that I want you to do. I really want you to learn in Arabic um, because there's a different beauty to it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll go back home. I, I will learn it. So thank you, grandma. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was like a little check mark off my to-do list. Yeah, definitely. And coming from someone like who's been in Quran classes and like had Arabic teachers in Arabic classes, I didn't really understand it. 
honestly. Like I've learned Arabic like for years and I've learned like the classical Arabic and like the Quran, but I feel like I really need to look into the tafsir and like the English version so and like the meanings of it so I can really understand like what I'm reading and um, because it doesn't really matter like how much of the Quran I memorize if I don't understand what I memorized, you know? So I feel like that's definitely something that's on my to-do list. And one of my goals as well is to understand. Interested in the film and television industry? How about the music, public relations, travel, and tourism industries? Then join Entertainment and Tourism Club, also known as ETC. With ETC, you'll get the opportunity to network with industry professionals, attend TV tapings and company tours, get the opportunity to work award shows, and so much more. You can find out more on our website at etccsuf.org or follow us on social media at etccsuf. And yeah, do you have like any like life goals, Islamic life goals that you? Um, yeah, I do. I have to think about this one for sure. Um, you know, I'm so focused on the now and improving myself now um, because again, you know, we're all learning during this time. Life isn't promised. You don't know if you're going to get tomorrow or not. So I've been so focused on improving myself now um, that I haven't really thought about what I could improve on in the future. But I think one thing definitely would be finishing the Quran in Arabic and memorizing. Because I have surahs memorized. Obviously, I pray. But I don't, I have... I want to be able to further that. And I want to memorize more du'as. Um, you know, I have my basic ones, like, you know, waking up, going to sleep, eating, um, after eating, you know, leaving the house. Um, and yeah. so, ayatul kursi. I live by ayatul kursi. <laughs> um, but just memorizing more is something I would like to do. Ooh, another thing that, has been on my to-do list and I am working towards it is um obviously we we learn about all the profits and stuff but if we don't keep that information constant we kind of forget so one thing that I really want to do is the seerah of prophet muhammad really want to look into that more I remember reading it you know learning about it in sunday school but I've forgotten a lot of it um, so I want to go back and relearn and re-update my knowledge, I guess you could say. Maybe go into it deeper than I did last time because I was younger and they gave, you know, an overview of Prophet Muhammad but obviously didn't learn about it in depth. Um, so those mm-hmm. are two things. Also, I was going to add um, for how you, your goal, I, there are Qurans out there. I own a copy but the copy only has English. But there is that same person who kind of published that Quran. There's a side-by-side version too. So they have Arabic on the left side and English on the right side with corresponding um, ayahs. So for each Mm -hmm. surah and each ayah, they have corresponding. And you can also, I mean, there's a bunch of apps out there. I use Quran Hive. Quran Hive has... um, Arabic text has transliteration and it also has mm-hmm. translation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to look into that. 
because I've been looking at um, some Qur'ans recently with like translations and stuff. And I've also been looking into the ones that you can write in, just so I can like write down some notes or- Jot notes, yes. But yeah, what my mom does is she use, um, she took all my, not all of mine, but she took a lot of my post-it notes. And so her Quran right now has a bunch of post-it notes just hanging. It looks like our like English lang annotated books. Yeah. And I was like, I'm very proud of you, mom. Very proud of all of your annotations and insightful information that you write down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are, I mean, there's Qurans in so many different languages. It's amazing. I went to a bookstore yesterday to get myself a Quran. Um, and, you know, they had Quran in Turkish. They had Quran in Chinese. Uh, I know there's Spanish. Qurans in Spanish. Spanish is a, it's a growing language in which people are reading the Quran in. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so amazing to see. It's universal. It's for everyone and everyone can learn. It's open knowledge. Um, and it's something that we never stop improving on. It's something that we keep working on throughout our lives. Exactly. And it's knowing that every day you're making a choice. Every day you're making a choice to do something good, to do something bad, choosing to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every day is going to be a struggle between your heart and your mind or you know your soul and you have to see you know where that takes you and you know as long as you're struggling to the path of God you're doing good 100% we all have our own journeys we all have Mm -hmm. our own ways to where we get to where we are it was a very complex sentence but you know the end goal for us always is just to do as much good as we can Um, we're not perfect we're human. And I think part of getting closer to Allah is accepting that, is being like, hey, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm, I'm human and I'm not perfect, but I will try to do as much good as I can. And if I do something bad, repent for it. Because again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is endless. Exactly. Like, you know how he's, what is that? uh saying he's he has like one percent or like one part of his mercy is like shown like to us here and then 99 parts are saved for us and for the day of judgment yeah it goes to show like even that one part of mercy is so merciful like you can like look throughout your entire life like look at the blessings that god has given you you will see his mercy everywhere really really amazing yeah but yeah wait I wanted to add that some of my life goals for religion let me see I definitely definitely want to read through the entire Quran like it's surprising I haven't done that yet before like my parents they always at least my dad I think he always reads through the Quran during Ramadan so I think that's one of my Ramadan goals is to read through the Quran once and then Sometime in my life, I want to do, I want to do Hajj. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I really, it's like, everyone's like, where do you want to go after COVID? Where do you want to travel to? And I was like, honestly, mm-hmm. I want to go Hajj. I want to go for Hajj. Yeah. And I want to take my parents with me, inshallah. Because we went to, we went to Amra in 2019. Mm-hmm. 
and that was the first time I've been out of the country it was so amazing like literally so mind-blowing seeing the places that I've learned about like in Islamic textbooks and stuff like right in front of me it's so amazing and I hope that everyone gets that experience inshallah to that sister oh my god yeah that's you brought up a great point for sure hajj umrah anyway to see the kaaba really want to go it's been you know everybody has their bucket lists yeah and we all have our bucket lists obviously we have all we have Mm -hmm. our you know we're worldly goals and aspirations that we want to do um but we never really sit and reflect and think hey you know like what do i want to achieve religiously what what is my bucket list what is my goals long-term goals for religion how how can i work towards it um and that i mean there's so many aspects to it it's one of the big things i would have to say is community getting involved in a muslim community attending events making friends Mm -hmm. um but also daily reminders again praying your five prayers reading the quran daily those are the small things that you can do to keep religion constant and remindful um and having a muslim friend makes the process so much easier or just being around your family makes it so much easier than doing it on your own Yes, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy how COVID has affected all of our, I would have to say a lot of us have had religious changes. Hopefully, everyone has had positive growth. Mm-hmm. But this is also kind of a test of Allah. I mean, how, how are you going to use this time? How are you going to use this? time in your life how are you going to use the situation to either better yourselves and hopefully not but people you know do worsen mm-hmm. but obviously our hope always is to better ourselves in some sort of way even if it's small yes every step counts you know so and i we always use baby steps it's always baby steps <laughs> That will help you reach your goal. Take literally one baby step at a time. As long as you have that goal in front of you, you remind yourself of it every day, you're going to get there. You and, are I, and I totally recommend take one thing that you have been putting off religiously. Take it, act on it, really act on it. And, you know, again, ask for Allah to help you act on it so that you're guided to the right place. Um, but yeah, taking one thing, don't overwhelm yourself with, oh my God, I don't, you know, I'm never able to complete all my fast during Ramadan. Or, you know, I never find time in my day to read the Quran. Start small. You know, take one thing that you want to work on um, and work, really work on it. Really motivate yourself and bring yourself to act upon it. And once you finish that and make that a habit, in your life move on to something else maybe memorizing duas or surahs that you had been putting off um as Zola said learning the meanings of those surahs just a little step at a time yes once it's a habit it's a habit mm-hmm. and i know that 
COVID has brought all these tests to us and hopefully inshallah we can pass all of them. I know um, like at least for me COVID like this whole year of quarantine has brought a lot of self-reflection that I feel has actually made me more religious and more aware of my religious foundation that I talked about earlier and more aware of the presence of God. Like I was aware before, but I didn't consciously think about it every day. So now I'm like trying to develop that habit of, you know, the baby steps we talked about. Like if I want to be more conscious of God every day, I can start with praying. And I can also have those little conversations, like talking to him, like as if he's right in front of me, like just talking to him, just speaking my mind. Those are baby steps. Yeah. And COVID has changed us all a hundred percent. I mean, I have been tested so many times since quarantine. It's kind of crazy. And sometimes I think, and I, I reflect at night and I'll be like, wow, I really got through that situation whether it was by myself, because there were situations that I got through by myself, and I still am working on by myself. But there are situations that I went through with my family that brought us all closer and helped us grow religiously together. And it wasn't like, you know, one one person's on a different page than the other. We're all kind of now as a family on the same page religiously. And it's it's really nice. It's really nice to be able to, to have that. Mm-hmm. So again, COVID, me, before COVID. And I don't know if this is the same case for you, Silva, but before COVID, my life was very busy. You know, I'd go to university, come home, take a nap. I get tired really fast. Um, Thank you, anemia, for that. Anyways, (laughs) I get tired really fast. I don't have much energy to do a lot in a day. You know, there are certain day goals that I reach and I'm like, okay, that's it. I go to work, come home, take a nap. I have to take a nap. And so, I, you know, was tiring myself out so much mentally and physically that I wasn't giving religion enough time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I went to my weekly halakas. And yes, that was something that really helped. But again, there was obviously more that we can all do. Um, So COVID, you know, I would say I'm definitely a very different person since COVID has started. And, you know, people are like, oh, but you're the same, you know, obviously, like, I'm like, obviously, my humor, my personality can't completely flip. But there are certain aspects to me and how I how I perceive religion that I didn't perceive before. I wasn't as insightful before. Again, another thing, presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I feel it. You know, I, I know he's there. And it's it's a comforting feeling. It's really comforting. Um, and I know I have someone to go to when I'm in need. And, you know, something to someone to rely on. I can't stop taking things upon myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, COVID has really changed my outlook on religion. And it's been positive. And for that, I'm alhamdulillah. I'm very grateful. Alhamdulillah. And it's different when, like, alhamdulillah, we're lucky enough to be born Muslim. And it's different growing up Muslim versus now when like you're choosing Islam every day and I feel like that's been super powerful um to me and helping me like continue on in this religious journey where like I know what my end goal is and I know what I want 
but I still have to work towards that. Exactly. And, you know, growing up, our parents and teachers and scholars are kind of the people that keep us on track, you know? Mm -hmm. We're not really at the age where we're responsible to to maintain religion, you know? It's it's something, you Mm -hmm. know, we're kids. But now we're adults, and now we're kind of on our own, you know, we've graduated Sunday school, we've, you know, we're on, we're literally adults on our own. And so now it feels like everything that I'm making is my choice. And every, you know, because our parents put us in Sunday school, our parents put us in Arabic classes, but now it's us who have to maintain that knowledge. It's us who have to, to use that and benefit from it. Um, and reach back into those days to to maintain our knowledge on Islam. So now it's it's on us. It's we're independent. We're choosing Islam, mm-hmm. and we we are. I don't know how to word this, but yeah. but you know what I'm trying to say. Like we're it's yeah. on us now. We're yeah. accountable for it. That mm-hmm. that's the word. We're accountable. We're yeah. very much accountable for our own deeds, our own actions. Mm-hmm. And that is a big thing. So we all need to make sure that we're working towards something religiously, even if it's small. Um, You know, that we're being aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's presence every day. Um, And honestly, even if if you sin, like, it's going to happen. Guaranteed, every one of us are going to sin. But as long as you turn back and you repent, you'll be fine and honestly everyone's on their own journeys like we've said before and don't oh an important thing though is don't compare your religious journey to another person's religious journey because not everyone is on equal footing you can't compare people's taqwa you can't compare people's iman so it's everyone's going to be on a different path but as long as they're working towards pleasing Allah, you can't judge anybody for how they're doing. And, you know, inshallah, everyone is on the right track. Inshallah, I pray that everyone makes an effort to bring themselves closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and realize the amount of mercy that he has for all of us humans. Amin, swamin. Amin. Um, by the way, we're not like religious scholars or anything. <laughs> Let's just clear that. We're just, we're two friends uh, yeah. that decided to start this podcast because we have, we've been having these conversations outside in school and outside yeah. during COVID. We've been having these insightful conversations and we yeah. like, this is, you know, Titan Radio and this podcast is a great way to talk about it and share it with others and get other people's input on it as well and bring other people into our conversation but yeah by all means we are not professionals <laughs> we are not yeah, scholars disclaimer out there um but yeah we're still, still learning, learning. Mm-hmm. we're still learning growing every single day but we wanted to use the space to touch on that to touch on our personal journeys and maybe even get some responses from you guys and you know kind of see where everyone's at and where we can move forward and you know just talking about our experiences and daily lives as American Muslims and children of immigrants it's really wild out there so (laughs) 
we'd love to share yes speak out yes so we just we've had such different upbringings and we've had our own religious journeys that we both have been going through and so this was just our way of talking about it and sharing it and letting people know that we all go through this we're all learning every day um and we're all improving and we're all at different stages and that's okay as long as you're doing something it counts it really does count and it really does mean something so um, I hope everyone else is doing okay during COVID and I hope that we are all trying to improve ourselves Um, but I think that concludes our episode our first episode yay But that concludes our first episode um, discussing our individual religious journeys. We have a bunch of different topics prepared. Yes. And if you guys want to want to hear us talk about a specific topic or have hear our opinions, then let us know what you would like us to talk about. Let us know. Send in some topics to our Instagram. DM us at couple of buds ready to bloom. Yes, ma'am. And we'll be putting out polls and different um, questionnaires. Um, So if you have any personal questions, if you have any questions that you would like us to address, um, maybe um, have any questions for a guest speaker, we'll Mm -hmm. be able to promote that and put that on our Instagram. So yes, Instagram is our main platform that we are communicating to our listeners through. Um, And so we hope to be able to get as much engagement as we can out of it. Yes. So exciting. Exciting. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. We'll tune back in next week. Next week. This has been a production of Titan Internet Radio. Stay a while listening to the following program.